Good morning, and welcome to Atheist's Talk on KTNF AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We appreciate you tuning in or streaming this morning. Today is Sunday, September 22nd, 2019. I'm your host, Stephanie Svan, and my guest today is Juem Navarro-Rivera. During this live show, we welcome your questions to 952-946-6205, emails to radio at minnesotaatheists.org, or questions on Twitter directed to Atheists Talk. We talk a fair amount in the secular movement about the non-religious as a growing political force, and we should. We are. But the problem is that we don't have a lot of data about how we behave as voters. Truth be told, we don't always have a good picture of who we are. We just know there are more of us than there used to be. Juem Navarro-Rivera is a political scientist working to shed light on this topic. His latest project is the Secular Voices Panel, which will survey secular voters during the 2020 campaigns. Juem joins us this morning to talk about why this work is important and what he's already learned. Good morning, Juem. Welcome to Atheist's Talk. Uh, Good morning, Stephanie. Thank you for inviting me. So I introduced you as a social scientist, which is just a little bit vague. Tell me a little more about your background. I am a political scientist. I have a PhD in political science, so I have all the credentials. Uh, I have been for the last almost 15 years working as a researcher in the secular uh, and secularism. So I started back in 2007 at the Institute for the Study of Secularism in Society and Culture at Trinity College in Hartford, Connecticut. And there we released what essentially was the, I would say, the study that gave rise to the importance of the knowns, as we call them, the non-religious in general, uh, the American Religious Identification Survey, which was this large survey of over 50,000 Americans. That was the third in a, in a series that was done for, from 1990 to 2008. Uh, after that, uh, we, we produced many reports, including the, the first important report on the non-religious, which was American knowns. Uh, with doctors Barry Cosmin, Ariella Kayser, and Ryan Cragen. And then after that, as I was working on my PhD, I moved to Washington, D.C., where I'm still, and joined the Public Religion Research Institute, which now is only known as PRRI. Uh, and I work with several of their surveys uh, in several of their studies uh, from 2012 to 2014, including a landmark survey of uh, climate change, a landmark survey of uh, Latinx uh, religious identification and religious change that also found an increase in the number of knowns in that community. And uh, my favorite project of what I work in there that is still ongoing, uh, even five years after my departure, is the American Value Set List which is essentially a long survey of, or a large survey of uh, religious identification. So essentially every year they ask 50,000 people uh, their religious identification. We have like demographic information about that. Uh, and some you know, political variables like party ID and ideology, uh, but it's mostly a demographic survey. Uh, and so you know, the, those are the main that that has been my involvement as a secular uh, researcher, and then I have published various uh, book chapters, reports, and articles on the subject, ranging from raising the secular movement or or secular people and uh, politics uh, and secularism, which is kind of like my passion, being a political scientist. All right. So when we're looking at research on the non-religious, the term we see most often is one you mentioned yourself, none, N-O-N-E for those at home. What does that actually mean? Because frankly, a lot of people, not a lot of people, but some people have had a, a seemingly vested interest in kind of obscuring who we're actually talking about when we're talking about the nuns. Yes. So the term is vague mostly because it, it, it's essentially definition of a negative. Right? There's this assumption that all most Americans 
belonged to a religious group. And so in the, you know, in the 1990s, definitely, certainly by now, it's a, it's a quarter of the population, but there has been this growth of people uh, who say that they are, depending on how the question is asked, uh, so for example, the PRRI and PU questions are nothing in particular, uh, and they also lump atheists and ag people who identify as atheists and agnostics in there because they, those options are in those surveys. In the uh, ARIS surveys that we did in uh, 2008, that wasn't the case. It was an open-ended question, which was fun to code 50,000 surveys, but that's a whole story for <laughs> oh, a different day. <laughs> <laughs> but people would say nothing or known uh, or nah. Uh, you know, so we had to code those kind of like all those type of responses into some coherent category. And then every once in a while, people will say atheist or agnostic. Uh, and so that's why it's called the nouns, because they're either responding to nothing in particular, so they have no religion in particular, or because they literally wrote in known in that open-ended uh, question. And most surveys like follow the same pattern, which like they have nothing in particular. The exit polls, for example, have a known option uh, in, in religion which is also make it hard to understand how atheists and agnostic behave because they don't ask questions about believing God. <laughs> and, and just to clarify, and I'll go into this a little more later when we're talking about um, your more recent research, but this is particularly people who are, this is a, a question about religious identity. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, there are some other terms that get used out there when these people, us among others, are being surveyed. Uh, are there other terms we should define that we might be using during this talk that might be a little different? Or are they pretty much all uh, getting at the same group of people? Yeah, they. Th th those are the ways in which you get at that particular group. You could get a little more specific, like... PRI sometimes ask and PU has also asked follow-up questions about whether like, you know, persons have beliefs or they identify as secular. Uh, back when I was at PRI, we actually had some a, a small battery of, you know, terms that secular people, like more, mostly movement people use. Uh, but in general, it's just you know, that kind of like large known category, which is what, what is used to understand the group at large. And of course, being a known doesn't mean that you're an atheist. Uh, it means that you have no religious identification. If, if, if you have follow-ups, you, you may realize that two-thirds of, of these knowns have some sort of belief in God. Uh, and so it's not just non-believers, although that number is growing, but the nouns are just an amorphous group of believers and non-believers who don't identify with traditional religion. So we have been surveying this non-religious group for about a decade. Um, who has been doing this work? You've alluded to it a little bit, but um, who's done this work and what kind of questions have they focused on? <clears throat> So there's a lot of sociological work, and most of the surveys are kind of like sociological large survey work. And I'm going to talk about large survey work, which with um, I'm familiar. There's I know there's been some psychological studies, uh, like kind of the study that the stuff that does uh, uh, Melanie Brewster or uh, Wilger Weiss or uh, others that go more into the psychology of non-religions. I'm actually most looking into the sociology of non-religion. Uh, and it's mostly been done, or most of what we know either comes from that initial series of American Religious Identification Surveys, um, the Pew Research Center, who, uh, Religion in Public Life Project, uh, has on their own like large-scale surveys, one in 2007, one in 2014. Uh, PRI has been doing this work since 2009, but definitely with the Americans Values Atlas since 2013, uh, doing this large-scale work. 
Uh, and then they're like Gallup, for example, has jumped into the bandwagon and now they every year they pull their data and, and release a, like a mini report of release identification. Um, but for the most part, those are kind of like the big players who have done these kind of stuff. There's researchers from Baylor who have done something like that, uh, but it's a smaller kind of survey. Um, Professor John Green has also done some studies about this. Uh, but in general, it's, it has kind of been a, a, a field that is, you know, what is well known. Uh, it's the field that, you know, the big players in either like PU or PRI or Gallup uh, have been doing uh, over you know, the last decade or so. And so those are, by and large, so, um, what I, as an amateur, would categorize as kind of demographic surveys. Would that be mostly reasonable? demographic surveys? Uh, there's so, so there's two elements to this. There's like the large demographic surveys that they have that have some questions about belief or some questions about political attitudes, uh, and you can disaggregate because their sample sizes are so large. And then they have their smaller, topical, very political surveys in which like, they have all those variables, but you cannot disaggregate at the same level because, of course, like, if you have a survey of 1,000 people and the knowns are like 20%, so you have 200 knowns, so you can do some analysis, but you can't right. maybe... Okay. So I do to... need to go to yeah. commercial, and we'll keep talking about this when we come back. Please stay with us through the break, and we will return to Atheist's Talk with our guest, Julian Navarro-Rivera. I'm Stephanie Zavan, and you're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chushke, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our secret animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP, dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. We are awake. Hello, humans. This is me, Ellie Krug, with Ellie 2.0 Radio on Monday mornings from 7 to 8 a.m. This week, I talk about how it took 48 years for an Alabama community to recognize the ultimate sacrifice that a civil rights protester made to effect change. The big interview is with Richard Johnson of Auto Technical, which donates cars to people in need. You won't want to miss his answer to my question of why he's an idealist. I've got a vision of a better world where everyone has a place at the table. Ellie 2.0 Radio, engaging in real on AM 950. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of Living Healthy and Aging Well, inviting you to listen to our new show airing on Saturdays from noon to one, where we talk about your health and your life and provide insights to living and aging well. Each week, we provide answers to important questions regarding health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support to help you and your loved ones plan for the future and enjoy your highest quality of life today. Please join us every Saturday from noon to one for Living Healthy and Aging Well. Hi, my name is Mickey McCabe, and I'm the owner of Cucumbers Restaurant at 75th and Francine Dina. If you've never been to Cucumbers, it's a buffet-style restaurant with a huge variety of salads, homemade soups, bakery items, and hot entrees that change daily and nightly. Plus, our always fresh fruit and delicious ice cream. We're open for lunch and dinner, but Sunday brunch is my favorite time at Cucumbers. With scrambled eggs, waffles, French toast, bacon, sausage, baked ham, Chicken fajitas, brunch potatoes, warm gooey cinnamon rolls, and many other items to choose from. It's no wonder why Cucumbers has always been a popular Sunday destination. So whether you're looking to skip Mass, someplace to go after Mass, or just great food to maintain your Mass, Cucumbers is the answer to your prayers. Bring in your church bulletin or Minnesota Atheist newsletter and receive a $2 discount off the buffet price. Cucumbers, one heavenly buffet at 75th and France in Edina. Don't believe in God? Join the club. Humanists, atheists, and freethinkers have joined the American Humanist Association since 1941 to advocate for progressive values and equality for non-theists in America. Located in Washington, D.C., the American Humanist Association lobbies Congress on humanist issues, protects the rights of atheists in the courts, and supports more than 140 local chapters. Visit us at AmericanHumanist.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter to learn how you can join the club today. 
Welcome back to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is Atheist's Talk, and I'm your host, Stephanie Zavan. It's September, which means kids are back in school, mornings are crisp, and Minnesota Atheists is holding monthly meetings again. This month's meeting is next Sunday, the 29th, with PZ Myers joining us to take a skeptical look at technology-assisted immortality. Check out Minnesota Atheists on meetup.com for more information. Today's show is live, and we welcome questions at 952-946-6205, emailed to radio at minnesotaatheists.org, or sent to us on at Atheists Talk on Twitter. Today's guest is Juem Navarro-Rivera. Welcome back, Juem. So uh, we were talking about um, the surveying that has been done of uh, nuns, which has... Um, by and large, come out of, of demographic research. Um, what do we know from these surveys at this point about the non-religious? I realize that's we a know. super broad question, but let's start there. Yeah, but, but, but I think there's some specific things we know. We know that they're very young. Like, if you look at successive generations, like, if you do generational cohorts or you do age groups, you realize that the younger the group, the larger the share of the non-religious. Uh, so that, that has been a constant in, the, in, in all the surveying that has been done in the last decade. One of the things that has happened is that the gender gap has been decreasing. So back when we did the, the Aries in 2008, and even before, so the... Previous surveys, like there was a ratio of in Aries was 60 men for in 40 women, like percentages, 60% men, 60, uh, 40% women. That has been decreasing. I think the last time I saw like a, one of these big surveys was maybe 55, 45 and, and closing. Uh, so, so we know that more women have joined the ranks of the knowns proportionally now. Um, and we know that most of them have some level of belief in God, maybe uh, deistic and believing in a higher power, or just strictly like you know believing in some sort of God, Allah, like Abrahamic kind of God uh, sort of thing. And so that's kind of like demographically what you know, kind of like the big pointers. It's also getting more diverse racially. Uh, so the knowns as a group, amorphous overall, like, you know, non-religious, atheist, agnostic, and, and everything that gets lumped in, actually look demographically like the country. So they would be like 65% white, like 15, 16% Latinx, uh, 13% black African-American, uh, and, and so on. So the, in that sense, it's also... The demographic is marching the diversity of the country, which uh, many years ago was a mostly white demographic. Um, and I think, I don't know if you, you have a question. <laughs> I, I was just going to ask, does that, does that change when we start um, looking at atheists and agnostics? And I am not sure how to... Uh, Ask that question while respecting the difference between belief and identification. Because I'm not sure yes. what surveys have looked at what. Yeah. So some surveys have looked at both. Uh, and so when you look at belief, let's go with identification first because I think it's easier because it, sometimes it's, an, it's embedded in the, question, in the questionnaire. So atheists and agnostics tend to be wider. Uh, and tend to be mailer, at least self-identified atheists and agnostics, not people who say they're atheists and agnostic when they have a belief question and say they don't believe in God or they're not really sure if God exists. Uh, those are two very different questions. Uh, so that group that identify as atheist or agnostic is wider, is mailer. Uh, I've seen some variation in age like sometimes they tend to be older sometimes they tend to be younger so i haven't seen like any but but those like racial and and gender uh characteristics still remain although it has closed in in a few years so you have like more people of color 
more women identifying as atheists as their religion, uh, but not to the extent that it has close to the larger known group overall. Uh, and then when we go into belief, then like we see those same patterns uh, to some extent more marked. And, and I think it makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, women tend to be more on the not religious maybe believing in God's side uh, or believing in, in supernatural. Uh, I have my own answers to those questions, but I, I don't think I'm going to go into like, <laughs> sociological theory here, but also happens with people of color. And I think it has a lot to do. Okay, I'll go into it. Uh, but I think to, to a large extent, it also has to do with what we expect of women and uh, like how a lot of you know people grow up in which I can talk to my own experience, not as a woman, but as a person of color. Please. Uh, you know, moving from, you know, this spectrum of going to Catholic school and, like, being a closeted atheist to slowly saying, oh, I'm a deist, and then one day it's like, nah, I'm an atheist. Uh, so I, I think there's some level of, you know, people coming to admit to themselves uh, what they are, and I think leaving that religious identification, so just saying that you're not a Catholic or you're not a Protestant or you're not, not a Muslim anymore is a step in that direction, but what people tell us uh, may vary on where they are at that point in their like journey to non-religion. They could go back, uh, as we know, but it doesn't seem that many people are going back these days uh, to their own old religion. Do you think that that in general marginalization plays a role in that, in that um, atheists are still, to varying extents, particularly across the U.S., um, marginalized and it is uh, people who are already dealing with one marginalization uh, maybe are not prepared to, to dig into something that will make them more marginalized? That was beautifully said okay yes <laughs> um are there any other... i don't have anything to add to that, that no that's great. that's good um are there any other ways uh that the non-religious are distinct from the general population they're they're younger yes obviously. uh and this has been in like in, in terms of politics right uh which is my main interest <laughs> and it's that at least if you look at in terms of uh, issues, like when you look at policy. Well, I think we have... Social, for example, like they are definitely to, to the left of everyone else. Uh, maybe not Jewish Americans, but definitely to the left of everybody else in the country uh, in terms of like, you know, higher levels of like looking at social issues. This was the only group who was in favor of same-sex marriage before it was mainstream. Uh, again, also Jewish Americans weren't there. Um, there were this this group has also you know okay. I'm gonna highest level. Cut you off, yeah. but we will come back to this after the break because I am also a polit political geek. So please stay with us, okay. and we will return to Atheists Talk with our guest Julian Navarro Rivera. This is Stephanie Zvan, and you're listening to AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Connections Radio Show is all about tapping into our hardwired hunger to connect. We examine meaningful connections to ourselves, our community, and the world around us by opening the door to innovative insights by a wide variety of interesting guests. We'll make the connections to something bigger than ourselves. Join me, Lori Fitz, your host of Connections Radio Show. And together, we'll make the connections. Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is New Beginnings, hosted by award-winning broadcaster and speaker, Freddie Bell. Freddie, this generation of the baby boomers, people are living longer, so the baby boomers are taking care of elderly parents. <laughs> Let's talk about your health, and specifically, let's talk about Medicare. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, and even entertainment. Join us for New Beginnings, Saturday mornings at 11, brought to you in part by Vision Loss Resources. 
I'm Richard R.J. Eskow, and this week on The Zero Hour, we'll be discussing political corruption, Wall Street shenanigans, our corporate overlords, digital dystopia, and maybe throw in a surprise or two as well. All this and more on The Zero Hour every Sunday night from 9 until midnight on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Atheists, secular humanists, and free thinkers. Here you are listening to the Minnesota Atheists Talk Radio Show. Atheists Talk. We hope you are enjoying it. If having a frankly atheist perspective on the radio waves appeals to you, please consider making a contribution to our radio fund. Our contract came up for renewal, and we need your help if you want the program to stay on the air. That will make sure that you can continue to have opportunities to hear interesting speakers with non-religious perspectives, and you can call up and ask them questions, too. Get the details on our website at minnesotaatheists.org, where you will find buttons to make it easy to make a secure donation through PayPal. Or, if you have a business and would like to reach an intelligent, progressive audience, please contact us through our website. That's minnesotaatheists.org. Or call us at 612-588-7031. If you are interested in us, we are interested in you. Don't believe in God? Join the club. Humanists, atheists, and freethinkers have joined the American Humanist Association since 1941 to advocate for progressive values and equality for non-theists in America. Located in Washington, D.C., the American Humanist Association lobbies Congress on humanist issues, protects the rights of atheists in the courts, and supports more than 140 local chapters. Visit us at AmericanHumanist.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter to learn how you can join the club today. With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Today's going to be mostly cloudy with a high near 66. While tonight's cloudy with a low around 54. Tomorrow, sunny with a high near 73. Tuesday, mostly sunny with a high near 76. And Wednesday, mostly sunny with a high near 66. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Hazel's Northeast. For classically inspired, creatively prepared comfort food, come try their Eggs Benedict, Hazel's Reuben, or Swedish Meatballs at 29th and Johnson in Northeast Minneapolis. More info at eatlocalminnesota.com. Welcome back to Atheist's Talk on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. I'm your host, Stephanie Zavan. Atheist's Talk is an unusual show. Very few places in the U.S. can someone randomly turn on commercial radio and hear a bunch of atheists talking about topics that interest us. Much of the work to keep us on the air is done by a dedicated group of volunteers, but we need your help, too. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible donation to our radio fund, please visit minnesotaatheists.org or search for Atheists Talk on Patreon and sign up for exclusive content. Atheists Talk is produced with funding from the Minnesota Atheists, American Atheists, and Cucumbers Restaurant. If you'd like to advertise on this program, please contact us at radio at minnesotaatheists.org. Our music is composed by member Brent Michael Davids and used with permission. Opinions expressed on the show are those of the speakers. You can find Minnesota Atheists' public policy positions at minnesotaatheists.org. Consider becoming a member of Minnesota Atheists if you're not already. Support our work and help steer our future direction. If you have a question or comment on today's show, please call us at 952-946-6205, email to radio at minnesotaatheists.org, or find Atheists Talk on Twitter or Facebook. Jim Navarro-Rivera is talking with us this morning about the political behavior of non-religious Americans, which is, in fact, exactly where we left off. We were talking about how the non-religious are um, different from the rest of the country politically, and uh, we're left as all get out when we're looking at particular issues. How about um, our our party affiliation and and that sort of thing so yes party affiliation it's an interesting aspect because it has been quite stable over over the last decade i would say uh in a very interesting way although not that interesting if you think about it but most people identify as an independent even more so than americans overall so you're saying uh, that the I'm unaffiliated the people are unaffiliated? Politically, yes. <laughs> uh, 
And, you know, ba- Barry Cosmin and I used to have these discussions, and, and he would say that a lot of knowns were not just known as non-religious, but also not joiners in particular. Uh, so it was, you know, lower levels of party affiliation and also even lower levels of maybe joining organizations. Uh, and you know, kind of like that bowling alone uh, theory of, of, of social behavior. But the party affiliation, like once you look outside these independents, which are like the plurality of the knowns, Partisanship has been quite stable at three to one Democrat to Republican. So it's about 30, 35% maybe Democrats. Republicans, I haven't seen larger than maybe 13, 15% in the last decade. Uh, And that's really interesting because when we did the 2008 survey, uh, we had the trends going back to the first survey we did in 1990. Well, they did, because in 1990, I was in sixth grade, so I wasn't part of that study. (laughs) But in 1990, the ratio of Democrats to Republicans was really close, actually. Uh, I would say, I I mean, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but was in the like kind of like high 20s Democrats, low 20s Republicans. Uh, And that hasn't been the case anymore in which, like, so essentially, people are not joining the Republican Party. I mean, are essentially in that decade between the nineties, like that generation between nineteen ninety and two thousand eight, abandoned the Republican Party. Some joined the, the the Democratic Party, but for the most part, now what we're seeing is people not joining the Republican Party, uh, for the most part, and and I think that's one thing that I, I've actually written a little bit, but has been mostly unexplored, uh, that particular aspect of uh, party affiliation. And this goes also with voting. Like in 1980, I did this analysis uh, a few years back when I was at PRI, uh, which we published, uh, of voting patterns of the knowns from 1980 to 2008. Now, one of the things is that Exit polls only ask you if you're a known. And actually, the only reason we went back to 2000, I mean, 1980, was because the question changed in the 70s. So they didn't use the same question in 72 and 76. So we couldn't go back uh, to those two surveys uh, to, to do an actual comparison. And, and so in 1980, like Jimmy Carter defeated among the knowns Ronald Reagan. But even that, looking at the groups, was probably within the margin of error. So it was like 42, 35. And then a lot of people voted for independent candidates. In that case, John Anderson in 1980. Then what you're seeing is an increasing share of people voting for the Democrats, peaking at Barack Obama at 3 to 1, in which like 70, I think it was 78%, 75% of knowns voted for Barack Obama, and like 20 Two voted for me, uh, not Mitt Romney, John McCain. Uh, and the last election, at least looking again at the exit polls, was two, three to one, uh, two to one, because it was kind of like 30% voted for uh, Trump and like two thirds voted for Clinton. So it's been down from the Obama years uh, in the Democrats, uh, at least, and a little bit up from, from that era. But also in 2000 uh, and in 1996, uh, the knowns voted for independent candidates at higher rates than the general population. So one of the things that happens is that third party and independent candidates get a larger share of the known vote than they get of the general population overall. Uh, and makes sense. There's a lot of Greens and a lot of Libertarians in, 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 in the community uh, and they don't vote i mean some of them may eventually vote for the democrat or the republican which is closer to their uh, ideology but in general a lot of knowns stick to their like third party choices uh that was also the case in 2016 with gary johnson and uh jill stan all right so uh, aside from being a political geek, which, as I say, I also am, um, what made you decide that we should 
focus on the politics of the non-religious? For several reasons other than being a political geek, so you took that option away from me. Um, <laughs> you already said it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I think there, there, there's many questions about the group uh, and the politics. And one of the things is that we know, and I think it also has to do, uh, you know, I'm going to do a small criticism here about like how we do as a movement. And I, I, I do consider myself part of the movement um, in, the, uh, in the board of American Human Association. I'm in the, I'm one of the co-chairs of the Latinx Humanist Alliance. So I've been, you know, slowly becoming more involved in the movement, which I became aware because I was a researcher and I got people <laughs> from the movement. Well, yes, because people from the movement started like, you know, the organizations, FFRF, AHA, American Atheist, uh, CFI started contacting us for data. And that's how I discovered who they, that this movement existed, or at least I discovered. But one of the things is that it's, it's it has been very reactive. Like we know what religious people, especially like the right-winged religious people do and what they're doing to public policy and what how they want to shape the country and essentially a lot of our politics have been a reaction to that but not necessarily a vision of where we want to go that has been changing a little bit in some quarters but for the most part has been a very i don't want to call it reactionary because it's kind of left-wingy but it's reactive it's just a reaction to to what the religious right is doing. And so what we know a lot about the politics of the knowns is essentially that we don't stand for the same things that the religious people do, uh, and especially the conservative religious people do. And a lot of the questions are written in a way that it makes an assumption about being religious. So it makes an assumption that the respondents are going to be religious and we are essentially the anti-thing. Uh, for example, questions about same-sex marriage, are a lot of them driven or written in a way that implies or assumes that, you know, this is a moral kind of question uh, and that, you know, it's a biblical morality and, of course, a certain kind of interpretation of biblical morality. Uh, so, yeah, we don't stand for that because, well, like, we don't believe in God and we don't think the Bible <laughs> is a thing that should be treated like literally or as a source of morality uh but you know like where do our sense of justice or like why do secular people for example are so supportive of same-sex marriage it may be that uh going back to the demographics that we actually didn't discuss this like a large segment of the population is lgbtq uh so like about depending on the surveys, like nearly now half of LGBTQ people are knowns. So this is a large segment of our population. Uh, so that may shift in the results a little bit, but not necessarily. But also like, you know, it is a sense of social justice. It is a sense of like, you know, we don't really, you know, we just care about your humanity and not, you know, it, it's not necessarily being about biblical morality. We, are, we don't stand for that, but we don't really know where we're standing on. Uh, the same thing with a lot of, you know, political questions, climate change. So there's a lot of questions about climate change or, or even government spending that, you know, are driven by these moral kind of like questions, like, you know, should we let people do, you know, kind of, kind of like this moralistic tone about work and the importance of work, uh, when we talk about welfare, uh, and we know that in the community, there's a lot of like left-leaning folks that certainly don't share the Protestant ethic of capitalism. Uh, so that's that's the kind of stuff that I, that I'm thinking of. Like the way we word a lot of questions have a lot of religious meaning embedded, even when they're not essentially religious questions. And we don't really know other than being anti-religious or irreligious why do secular people stand for particular issues? All right. So you, you mentioned um, that the organizations are trying to, to advocate for us, um, and they have occasionally come to you um, with the projects that you're working on. Are they 
at this point actively looking for more knowledge on political topics? Um, I well, I mean, yes, to a large extent. Like you see now, we have the Center for Free Thought Equality. Uh, so that's I, I think the most exciting political project that has been done in a while in in the secular movement. Uh, looking at you know that it has several aspects to it like you know endorsing candidates and like uh trying to get involved more in electoral politics and and now there's a congressional free thought caucus so we're we're maybe in the the beginning stages of this all right so please stay with us through the break and we will return to atheists talk with our guest Juem navarro rivera this is stephanie zavan and you are listening to am 950 ktnf the progressive voice of minnesota Native Ritz Radio is proud to announce we've added an extra hour. Yeah, Chuchke, one hour goes by too fast. That's right, Uncle Curtis. I'll have extra time to share important information about our sacred animals. And report national and native news from all over the country and Canada. This new hour is sponsored by Robbins Kaplan LLP, dedicated to redefining excellence for high-stakes litigation representation in Indian country. Saturdays from 1 to 3 p.m. We are awake. Habitation Furnishing and Design is simply the best furniture design studio in the Twin Cities. What is a furniture design studio? It's a place where you'll find professional interior designers who are there to help you select the perfect furniture. A single sofa or an entire home. Our designers love making spaces exceptional. When you're shopping for furniture, it makes sense to talk to a professional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Hi, my name is Mickey McCabe. I'm the owner of Cucumbers Restaurant at 75th and France, Medina. Many who have dined at Cucumbers are of the opinion that our buffet has evolved from an older, more country-style buffet. They look at our 50-foot salad bar and can imagine a smaller ancestor with far fewer choices. An ancestor that didn't offer as many hot selections or have a bakery with fresh-baked muffins and breads. Didn't offer homemade soups and lack the fresh fruit and ice cream bar that Cucumbers customers have grown to love. But some will say, where are the transitional buffets? In addition, they look at everything that we offer and say that cucumbers is irreducibly complex. If you were to move just one of our offerings, the entire buffet wouldn't function. Well, I would like to think that cucumbers was intelligently designed, since I helped design it. But at the same time, it truly is an evolutionary step up the buffet ladder. And as always, if you bring in your atheist newsletter or church bulletin, you will receive a $2 discount off the buffet price. Cucumbers, one heavenly buffet at 75th and France, Medina. I've never met another atheist. Sure you have. Non-believers make up 12% of the population. Then where are they? You can meet us at book clubs, pub crawls, discussion groups, movie nights, monthly meetings. Okay, I get it. How am I going to keep track of all this? Easy. Sign up for Minnesota Atheist Meetup Group and subscribe to AWE. What's a meetup group? Meetup is an online networking site that helps people build communities. We have over 700 members with at least two events every week. And what is AWE? It stands for Atheist Weekly Email. It comes out every Friday and lists everything that's going on. How do I sign up? Go to the Minnesota Atheists website, minnesotaatheists.org. On the left, click on the words Get Awe-Inspired. And for the meetup? Look for the red meetup badge on the right. Above it are the words, click here to check out the meetup group. I'm sold. Minnesota Atheists, Meetup, and AWE. What's that website again? MinnesotaAtheists.org. Welcome back to AN 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. This is Atheists Talk, and I'm your host, Stephanie Zavan. This is a live show, and we welcome questions at 952-946-6205 or email to radio at minnesotaatheists.org. Today's guest is Juam Navarro-Rivera. Welcome back, Juam. So we were uh, talking about organizations, secular organizations, um, kind of really getting started addressing um, the politics of their members beyond um, beyond atheist identity politics, I guess, is probably the best way to put that. Um, so obviously there is a need there. Um, we've talked a little bit about the 
the deficit in um, in our understanding. So tell me about the Secular Voices panel. Yes. So for for many years, I've been wanting to do this type of project. Uh, unfortunately, if you know about the uh, academic market, you know that the number of people with PhDs and the number of positions out there are a little uneven. And so, you know, I've been working in think tanks and now I have a consulting firm. Uh, so I, you know, I, ha- I have some level of freedom, but I also don't have like grant budget uh, for do this kind of stuff. And the Secular Voices panel is this project to do through 2020 or during, during 2020, not through 2020. So starting in, Ju- in January, ending in December after the election, a monthly survey on a different subject uh, about politics uh, with the election as the uh, connecting thread. So we'll ask probably the same question about like, how are you thinking about the election and tracking candidates as they start dropping out in the democratic, uh, in the democratic field. And then like ask, you know, after the conventions, like whoever is nominated versus Trump and like whoever is coming from the uh, third parties or independent candidates show up. And every month, every survey will have a different topic. Uh, so we could uh, like maybe uh, Black History Month and talk about like race and secularism. Uh, uh, or we, you know, in, in the summer, or we could do a, one about specifically about science policy. Uh, and uh, so that's the idea. And then, like, the idea of the panel is, so we're going to be recruiting people, secular people who identify. It could be non-religious people, but I actually want to be a little more expansive. And there's a lot of Unitarians, humanists, ethical culture people that are kind of like fellow travelers that they would, you know, kind of like more religious humanists. So they could also uh, qualify to do it. And even other types of religious humanists, like people who go to churches uh, or are belonging to other religions, like secular Jews or secular Buddhists, could also join. Uh, And that will create a very different set of, uh, you know, definition of of what a known is or what a humanist is. Uh, but also as they, so these questions will be asked of the same people every month. So at the end of the time, they're going to be short surveys. Uh, so they don't spend a lot of time like answering. And at the end of the year, we're going to have like these huge data set of like responses of secular people, uh, on different subjects and which essentially we can link to each other and do a lot of interesting analysis. Um, and for that, uh, I'm doing an Indiegogo fundraiser uh, to essentially cover the technology cost because I've been doing consulting for a few years and I have some research tools that I normally use, but to handle this kind of project, I need to actually upgrade a lot of those tools uh, to handle more data and more, uh, you know, capabilities uh, for analysis and for storage. Uh, and also to essentially provide people, you know, also have some raffles and some incentives for people to the surveys because I, uh, you know, most people want you to do their work for free. Uh, I don't, I won't have the kind of money to pay every participant of the survey, but certainly like, you know, give some incentive in terms of either gift cards or some other kind of awards. Uh, and also to cover like, you know, some, labor from from people who will help me either write or do design uh to get these reports going um so that's the idea of the panel uh we would like to raise uh twenty thousand uh dollars to discover that first year and see how it goes uh and yeah so you know secularvoicespanel.com slash indiegogo if you want to see the perks uh, there are different levels uh, from going from credit as a as a patron of, of the study uh, in in our webpage through like getting a, a, you know a pre-launch of every of, of every monthly report you can have like a, a discussion session uh, in a hangout with me uh, or whoever is helping me me and and, and, and the people who are being be helping me 
to discuss the results. Uh, and there's other perks like getting access to some tables uh, of aggregate data. So if you're a blogger or a vlogger or, or, or you have a podcast and you want to, you know, discuss some stuff that is not necessarily in that in that particular report because it's going to be so much data i can't discuss everything you can actually go and and, and sign up for that um and yeah so essentially that that's what we're hoping uh and and you know so the community helping to understand itself much better uh and you know hopefully it, it will work out if if we don't raise the that the, the amount that our goal, we may do it at a, we probably do it at a scaled back way. So instead of a monthly survey, maybe every two, three months. Uh, All but, right. you know, also, yeah. So we only have about a minute and a half left, um, although we sure. will be recording a Patreon extra. You've done some pilot uh, work, I guess I'd call it. Um, are there any results of that you'd really like to highlight in this period? Yes, yeah, so we did the Secular Voices survey, uh, which I conducted in July. Uh, and this was not particularly the panel. This was uh, an online survey with like responses from another panel. Uh, and yeah, so, you know, like we found that still the ratio of, uh, was a bunch of political surveys. We found the ratio of Republicans to Democrats still holds at kind of like three to one uh, that, you know, among the issues that secular people uh, care about, it's, you know, healthcare and the economy rank up there, which is very similar to what people around the country are caring about. And most interesting, that separation of church and state issues, actually, people care about them, secular people care about them, but they don't really rank at the top <laughs> of, of those concerns. Of course, if you look at people who are movement atheists or movement secular and people who are just knowns, that preference shifts uh, uh, right. substantially. All right. Thank you so much, Chuam. Um, as I said, we'll record a Patreon extra. And I'd like to thank our audience for tuning in to Atheists Talk. This is Stephanie Zavan, your host. Please join us again next Sunday. I'm proud to be on the air with Minnesota Atheists, and I hope you appreciate the show. The show depends on the generous support of our members, our sponsors, and our donors. This is Atheists Talk on AM 950 KTNF, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Have a great Sunday. <laughs>